When Seabell Thomas opened up her cafe to win the hearts of everyone in Baton Rouge with her cooking, little did she know, when times got tough, her greatest weapon might just be her fried chicken. Come on! That's some greens and stuff in there. Okay. All I want is some of that fried chicken. The best in Louisiana, okay? Yes, indeed, baby. This is Mama Seabell, and she's known far and wide for her fried chicken. My name is Seabell Thomas, and welcome to Baton Rouge. You used to have a cafe, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in business at the Silver Moon Cafe. It was a typical little hole-in-the-wall cafe. Simple, but good. The Silver Moon was smack dab in the middle of LSU, Louisiana State University's campus, and it became home to many a hungry soul. Now tell them, when they come, kick off your shoes, pull off your jacket, and get ready for Mama's love. Everybody come in my cafe know that they have to get a hug and say, Mama love you. They love my fried chicken, my smothered pork chops, black eyed peas, mashed potatoes, candy yams, oh, cornbread, from all and every walk of life. They have come in. Day and night, the place was bustling with students, families, businessmen. They came from all over the place, like this guy, Robert Berg. Robert Berg, I got a chemical engineering degree from LSU. Really, there was no place in town that could compare home cooking-wise to eating in Mama's kitchen. Mama ran her cafe for over 20 years before she finally closed the doors of the Silver Moon. She kept doing a little catering here and there out of her house. And one day, while standing at her kitchen sink... There was an explosion. I was standing at the kitchen window, and it was an explosion. The window just fell in on me. Thought it was an earthquake. It was so powerful. Mama lives on what is called the fence line. Her home is literally across the street from a cluster of petrochemical plants. Honeywell, the ExxonMobil refinery, copolymer. And it's in the middle of what is known as the petrochemical corridor, where there's over 100 of these plants. And it turns out, on that day, one of the pressurized tanks over at the Honeywell plant exploded. That was an explosion from the plant right across the street over there. You're so scared, you're just trying to get the hell away, get yourself straight. Mama noticed that people in her neighborhood were getting sick. And she felt that it had to do with chemicals in the air from the plants. Oh, Lord. All the little children up in here have asthma. All of them have to keep a ventilator machine every week in and out of the hospital. Her husband died of cancer. Every man on the street have died in an early age with the same kind of cancer. But there was no way for Mama to prove that any of these ongoing health problems were because of air pollution. She wanted to find a way to collect air samples to test for any potentially dangerous chemicals. And she found hope in the form of a magic bucket. Actually, the bucket's just a regular old bucket. But inside, there's this special Tedlar bag. And when you attach the bag to a vacuum and hold it up to the sky for two minutes, you've got yourself an EPA-approved air sample. So when you smell these things coming out, catch the chemicals. The drill is to take an air sample when it's really stinky outside. It's so many different smells that comes out of there. You know, you're used to it. And then, once you have the sample, this environmental group that Mama hooked up with, who calls themselves the Louisiana Bucket Brigade, overnights the bag to a lab, and a few days later, she's got a certifiable printout of exactly what was in that air. So Mama starts keeping the buckets at her house. 
And one night, at about 3 o'clock in the morning, there's another explosion. The man was knocking on the door, y'all better get out, y'all better get out. And I heard, you know, the siren going, and ooh, and then I heard somebody saying, close your windows, turn off your air conditioner, and stay on the inside. Mama said she smelled strong odors. So I ran for my daughter. Get the buckets, get the bucket to catch the chemicals in. She ran to the door, and when she stepped outside to put the bucket down, that fumes just knocked her back in the house. I said, oh, my gosh. She said, I spill all this grease on my face. What is this? I ran and got a towel to put around her face so she could put the bucket up. Eyes burning. Mama's grown daughter stood on the front porch for 120 long seconds taking the air sample. And then they got the hell out of there and fled to the hospital. Must have been about 300 people at 4 o'clock that morning went to the hospital. They had people lined up. You just rip your clothes off and they just sprayed you down like animals. The results from the bucket sample came back, showing that there were over half a dozen chemicals in the air that night. For example, four times over the legal limit of methylene chloride. And so at this point, Mama dedicates her life to cleaning up the air. If it's not worth dying for, it's not worth living for. And Mama's so busy writing petitions and going before the EPA that she'd become pretty distanced from the folks she used to call her children back at the cafe. But they missed her, and a lot of them were trying to find her. My children all across the country, they still are trying to find me. Where Mama? How can we find Mama? Eventually, some of them tracked her down, and they showed up on her doorstep. Welcome to my house. When they got here, they said, oh, Mama, thank God we found you, found you. Like Robert, that chemical engineering student from LSU. I'd kind of lost track of her, and I read on an LSU message board, someone had located her and had gone to eat lunch at her house and actually posted her phone number. And so some of the Exxon group, we actually looked her up and called her and said, hey, we'd like to come eat with you. And she said, well, what you want to eat? Like many people in the community, Robert works for Exxon. I'm the regulatory planning coordinator for the ExxonMobil Baton Rouge complex. And of course, it's just one of the many plants that's across the street from Mama's house that she's been fighting against forever. But lo and behold, she opens the door, hey, baby. welcomes them into her home, and feeds them lunch. Lord, bless that food and bless the ones that are about to receive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I feed a lot of excellent people. Y'all sit down and eat. The food has been blessed. And we go and sit and eat in either her kitchen, depending on how many of us there were, or in the little garage apartment she maintains in the back. They'll say, well, Mama, fry some pork chops. Well, she knows when I'm coming, she knows she has to make some fried pork chops. And you know, Mama, I want some mashed potatoes, candy yams. Whatever I fix, they're going to eat it. I don't say no to any of it. Of course. You call me and say, hey, I'm going to eat, I'm going to cook and feed you. You know, I truly love my people over there. I love them. Because the ones right across the street, they come over here and eat that I talk to. They're being exposed, too, and that's what we're trying to show them. So while Mama's serving up this comfort food out of her home, she realizes that she has a way to reach the men in charge. Food have a lot to do with it. They say the fastest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. She asked Robert and his colleagues to bring the top plant managers over for lunch to talk about her concerns. So at that luncheon, I had the bucket brigade that. I told them, it's not just me. This is my house, so I do what I want to do in my house. According to Mama, the top plant managers from Exxon and the Bucket Brigade had not met in years. 
I wanted to bring about a talking relationship with Exxon and the Bucket Brigade because they seemed like they didn't want to uh, meet because they never would come and meet. So the Bucket Brigade and Exxon sat down together at the table. It was a nice meeting. I think we've had some good dialogue. Sitting around the dinner table is kind of, to me, an American tradition. I mean, that's when families have their conversations. And so it's, I think it's a good non-threatening place uh, to sit down. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard, hard to argue with your mouth full, right? You know, we know we have a David and Goliath. And we know we're the Davis and that's the Goliaths over there. But if the chicken going to be used as a slingshot to bring the uh, refineries in and deal with us and give us what we need, hey, chicken, please just get better and better and better. <laughs> All righty. Good noon, Snappers. Mama's still cooking and still meeting with those plant managers and working in her community. And Mama's putting the finishing touches on her cookbook, which contains her life story. Keep an eye out for that. Visit our website, snapjudgment.org. That story was brought to us by our own Rita Daniels. You are listening to Snap Judgment. And to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.